You're listening to Nags and Monroe versus the podcast, and we're here to be listening to podcast and stuff. Thank you so much for your goddamn patience. You don't even know. You're you're a saint. <laughs> well, you learn a thing if you're just sitting around on the ship all day. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. So I want you to tell me about okay, first of all, is perspectives your project? Is it finished? Uh no, it's not finished. Okay. Um, did you write a script? No, I didn't write any script. It's a documentary. Yes. How do you know? Documentary when series. Documentary series. How do you know when it's finished? Uh, when I'm finished editing, all all the interviews are complete. Uh, I told myself that I was going to do the interviews at the beginning of COVID lockdown to the to the lift of it. When phase two hit, I stopped interviewing and I began editing. And I'm still in the editing phase. Um, like you know, I was out for a few days, and so now I'm just trying to pick back up speed. Are you an editor? Do you edit video footage? Uh, now I do. I had to teach myself. There's a lot of like YouTube videos and a lot of Googling, but if it ain't on Google, you guess you don't need to know it. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> where, where, do, where do you start with making a movie? Why documentary series? That's, I'll tell you this. People can't even make, and I'm, and I'm honest, like half the advice that, <laughs> that, that people, that, you know, they ask me when it comes to quote unquote creating content. Half the advice is always, where do I start? How do I do it? How do I film myself? You know, and the truth is I'm a big fan of quantity and quality like i'm a big fan of just like just make stuff right but <clears throat> right but ask someone to make a one minute project they can't do it most people cannot do it you know i tell people who want to get into making movies you know who, who want to make feature films or netflix series hey before you start and i'm not saying you can't make it or whatever but before you start why don't you make try to make like a perfect scene start with one scene most people, 10 out of 10, you know, and from my experience, don't, can't even do that. They don't do that. So you set out to make a documentary series. I mean, yeah. that's, that. are you kidding me? Like that, I mean, how long <laughs> is this project going to be, do you think? Oh, uh, well, it's, see, the thing is, the interviews are only, they're less than 10 minutes long with intro and credits. But they're less than 10 minutes, and but that's important to me. Um, at the beginning of my creating this, I sought out my mentor. This is my life mentor, a good friend of mine. You know, he's really helped me out with a lot of steps in my life. And um, luckily enough, he works for, uh, he, you know, he's the founder of a production company. And I, I reached out to him. I just wanted to talk. I didn't want any help or anything. I, I'm not the kind of person that asks for help. So when I reached out to him, I said, if you just have, just give me some advice, just something. And he told me, edit, edit tight and keep it short. Mm -hmm. And I said, got it. I got it. Because right now, like I said, this is my first a video project and film project. And it is so important for me to make sure that I can get people's attention and keep people's attention. Mm -hmm. so, so I cut tight, edit short, mm -hmm. <laughs> edit short, cut tight. And uh, who who else are you working with? Are you doing everything by yourself? Everything. Everything is by myself. The lighting, the audio, the video, the editing, uh, directing, getting the interview ready. Uh, everything. Everything is me, mine. And honestly, it's probably the best thing I've ever done. It's, it's giving me something to do. Give me some meaning, some purpose. What, what do you do for a, a J-O-B? Well, I was originally, I'm, a, I'm an art director. I'm a curator. I have done events in New York City where I've um, created platforms for visual artists, painters, sketchers, photographers. Um, I also run events. Uh, oh, I guess I said that, but I have these events that have all these, like a whole bunch of different platforms of art in one space. And I think that just kind of signifies who I am, a bunch of different art forms and just in one place. I'm so jealous, man. Um, something we didn't get to talk about during our technical difficulties, which 
it's all good now. <laughs> it's, it's part of our <laughs> we're part, talking of, it out. part of our part of our history. But um, you know, when you decide to move to New York, the balls that takes fucking <laughs> balls. Um, I visited yes. New York for the first time. It must have been gosh, I can't believe it's been two years, and I was only there for a week. I was in Brooklyn, and it was marvelous. I mean, especially for you know, I came from the real. Grandy, the the Rio Grande Valley, South Texas. It's a border town. There's nothing but cactus and dirt, and so going to New York City was a mind blowing experience. Everywhere you look, it's a movie, right? Um, and mm-hmm. and and it occurred to me, like, man, when I was 18, if I knew better, if I even knew it was possible, I should have just packed my bag and just went to New York City because it's absolutely marvelous and inspiring. And you have to be a tough motherfucker to make it work in New York City. And you're making it work during one of the most trying financial times of our lifetime. You know, it's, it is rough out <laughs> yeah. there. And uh, with social distancing and everything, it, it's hard right now to make it. But here you are. You've made it for about five years, correct? Uh, yes, I've made it five years already. I can't believe it. When, even when you say it, it's like, wow, I can't believe I've been here this long. That's amazing. So, I mean, what was that first year like? And, and why New York City? You, you could have moved anywhere. Oh, man. I've wanted to move to New York City since I was 12 years old. Just watching the movies and seeing the lights and the people, it, it, it seems so electric. And like I said, like I'm the youngest of five and it was, it was such a time. I was such a young girl just frolicking about. And I had so much energy and things I needed to, to express. And But it just seemed like where I was in Texas, and Southeast te- Texas, just living that, you know, simple girl life, hanging out with my high school friends, not really doing too much. And I was getting bored and restless. So I joined the military. And in there, it's too much control, too many rules. It was just getting, I was getting restless. Yeah. So I, I I needed somewhere where my restlessness can be used like used for work. And I knew it from 12 years old that I was going to move to New York City one day. And I just said, you know what? Like, let me just do it. I've, I've done crazier things, right? Did you move alone? I did. I did. I came here. I drove here. It took three days from California to New York City. Um, could you? I had could you? Ma- I want to see the. I want to see the documentary series of that. <laughs> could you one imagine? day I'll get it done. One day. <laughs> Good lord, that's incredible. That the, the balls. I'll do it again. I'll do the drive and then talk about my experience going through that same route that I did. Three you know, days to New York City. I mean, did you did you have a job? Did you have a place to stay yet? No, nothing. I slept in my car. I slept in my car for some time, and luckily, I had saved up a bunch of money. I knew I was going to go to New York, and it was, it's you know, not for the faint of heart nor the faint of pocket. So, yep. I knew just to get ready, and um, I came here. I, I have, oh my gosh, how I found my apartment is incredible too, and I live in this beautiful little brownstone one bedroom apartment in East Harlem, Spanish Harlem. And oh gosh, I couldn't be happier. I could not be happier. Knives, I could not be happier. Dude, I can hear it in your voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited for you. Like you chose, you. you chose the path of the real artist. <laughs> and and the fact that that you went into the military and you, I guess you, you know, it, it's a it's a volunt it's a voluntary job, right? So when you decided to leave it, you know, did you leave any? you know, any stone unturned with the military, any unfinished business, or was it like two ships passing in the sea and like, see ya? Um, you know, it was such, it was my young 20s, my young to my mid-20s, and oh, gosh, I just, all I did, all I wanted to do was, I think at that time, just feel like I was a part of a team. Yeah. So it seemed like when I when I left, I, by the time I was leaving, I had become such an individual because I started, I started seeing things, you know, I started realizing, started understanding what I didn't understand as a young girl, a young woman. I, I started seeing in my late twenties and I, I just was like, my eyes were open and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't innocent anymore. And I left and I was like, bye, see ya. And I left. I mean, you read about the the Jack Kerouacs and the Ernest Hemingways and 
and and and you know these artists that that people romanticize and it's like they always have such an interesting background they always came from like working on the railroads or you know they were in the army or what have you and and your origin story kind of sounds like that not to wow not to glamorize it i mean just the balls i know look i'm gonna be completely honest with you no smoke you know i know grown-ass men that don't have the testicular fortitude to pack their bags and go live in their car in new york city it's not easy people can people do not have the guts to do it and and i'll be honest with you too you know and i want to be careful here because i i don't want to send the wrong message but and i mean this with tremendous respect because it comes from a personal place i i can relate to this uh not not that not that many people are that fearless and stupid, or should I say reckless, you know, because on one hand, and I don't want to speak for you, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. On one hand, what do you got to lose? You can always go back to California. You can always go back to Houston, right? What do you got to lose? You go to New York City, you freeze your ass off for six months. You can always go back. The straight life is always waiting for you. But I mean, it sounds like you just, all you had was just a dream, and you wanted to make it in the most difficult city on the planet, and you and you and you did. I mean, that's. I mean, come on, man. You, you deserve a hat tip for that. Like, and I want the <laughs> listeners to, for the listeners who listen to my podcast. They know my origin story, but it 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 pales in comparison to yours. New York City. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my chest. I'm so flattered. Well, think about Thank this. You so and and much. now you're and, even no, the nope. name drops. Hemingway, like I couldn't even I couldn't even fathom being compared and so therefore I just I'm so thankful. Thank you. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I wish there was I wish there was and there there probably are. I'm just not educated enough. I wish there was women that I could compare you to. Not no, too, not even. Not too, I, I mean, there's, 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 I can't think of one off the top of my head who, you know, packed their mm. bags and just fucking went. And now five years later, during the most difficult time in America right now for a variety of reasons, you know, you're, you're writing a love letter, not just about this pandemic that's going on, but you're sitting <laughs> What is what is one thing from from this documentary and 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 making it and making your first movie your first series? What is one thing that you've learned about yourself? You said and and, and unfortunately we didn't get to hear it because of the stupid technical difficulties, which was which was nobody's fault. Um, but you had said that you started it as one person and then you're you're finishing it and now you're a completely different person. Like what what happened? Well, I because of the nature of this of perspectives and solely because of the nature that I I was able to create this thing I began to listen and like never before not not just listen as in here but just just oh my god like I've gotten people who were in tears and honestly god I just can't even I'm even getting emotional about it now because it's such an impactful moment that changes like, I thought the military changed my life. Like, no, this project itself has has grown me up. I, I became an adult right after this, this documentary was, was finished filming. What is, uh, what is one thing that you've learned about yourself in the, in the process that, that you didn't know about you going into it? Oh, I, well, I learned a lot of <laughs> um, that technical issues happen all the time. I also learned that, you know... I, I learned that I learned to love just the flow, just just to let it happen, tangent style, let it go, let's go, let's just do this, and see what comes out. And it's always been gold, and I think that's something I I began appreciating while I was doing this. People, I would use at the beginning. I had talking points, you know, bulletins and uh, like an operations manual about how to do all this, and then pretty soon it just floated away, and all I did was post up a camera and people just spoke from their chest from like from their from their eyes to their eye from their ideas to their philosophies to their experiences to talk about their family talk about death talk about covid but mostly it's about their just their their human perspective and we, it was so easy for for the entire world to put new york city in a body bag when we were the when we were the epidemic you know for the epicenter, sorry, when we were the epicenter of the uh, 
of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And we were there for a while and our curve was, oh my God, the range was intense. Mm-hmm. But I, I walking around these streets and you'd see one, two people when you'd see 100, 200 people before, I knew that the, hum- the humans were here. I knew that humanity existed. And all because we're quiet on the streets, it doesn't mean we're quiet in our minds. And so I wanted to, I wanted to peek into that while I could. Wow. I'm going to read something from the vettel.nyc forward slash perspectives. So just bear with me. I'm sorry um, for you, but the listeners, I think, will get a lot out of this. COVID-19 is a traveling pathogen caused by severe acute respiratory syndrome. Coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2. It was first identified in December 2019 in Wuhan, China, and has since spread globally, resulting in an ongoing pandemic. And here we are, July 31st, and I mean, I live in Texas right now. It is it is a hot spot. I haven't had a haircut in, in six months. You know, I don't even feel comfortable uh, giving my relatives around here a hug. But back to mm-hmm. back to this. More than five million cases have been reported across one hundred and eighty eight countries and territories, resulting in more than three hundred twenty two thousand deaths. Well, that's worldwide. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. More than one point six eight million people have recovered. In New York City, fourteen thousand one hundred and sixty two have died from COVID nineteen. That's 0.17 of the population and growing. The American economy plunged into crisis mid-March, which actually uh, the the, the stock market crashed on my birthday, March 23rd, so I'll always remember that. And then deeper in April, losing 20.5 million jobs as the unemployment rate jumped to 14.7%. These numbers surpassed the devastation of the Great Depression as Mm -hmm. non-essential businesses were forced to close their doors and essential companies were forced to struggle to stay afloat. Those of us with unforeseeable tomorrows now have an opportunity. That's how Vettel sees it, at least. The state is now the epicenter, New York City, of the pandemic, but it was much too quickly that the world put New York in a body bag. Her focus during the span of this lockdown will be to design and direct a conceptually beautiful documentary series. She's gotten lost in thought of over the hours spent listening to ideas, personal philosophies, innovations, and realizations. Holy shit. This docuseries is raw, (laughs) thought-provoking, tangent-styled, I like that, and mindfully composed. I'm looking forward to it. So um, there's still a lot I want to talk about, but just to kind of direct people where they should go to watch it. How are you going to distribute this? You know, it's this thing, I was just going to put it on YouTube and just launch to the world. Like I said, I was telling you, unfortunately, while we were having, you know, the mic issues and we were setting everything up, I, I, art is for the people, especially something that I feel is, since it's my first project like this, I, I know that I'm going to get better. I just, that I, I don't just, I don't do, <laughs> I don't do chump shit, you know, like I do quality, I'm premium. I, I always try to keep that kind of mindset in everything that I do. And so, therefore, I think that this first project, how beautiful it may come out and how meaningful and touching it is, I, I, I want to make sure that people know that this is possible. These ideas exist. It's really less about me, more about them. So I want to set it free, completely free, free 99 Five hand, five figure discount. Anything you want, <laughs> you can free, have it from this documentary. I haven't heard that in so long. Free ninety nine. That's cool. You should. Um, I mean, I, I'm the last person to give anybody advice, but you should put it on your website as well. Like, you know, put it on YouTube, but direct people to the website. You know, and I think that'll be pretty interesting. And, and who Good knows? Idea. Maybe there's photos and blogs and other things that people can see. And so the website is kind of like this um multimedia sort of event you know but the but the but the movies are also there as well did you get bit by the filmmaking bug like do you want to make more movies in the future um you know after this film is uh, finished and launched and you know the my my 15 minutes of fame has kind of died down I really I, I'm gonna go back into sculpting I'm a, I'm a metal sculptor sculptress I do copper and brass and um, steel crowns made from like dried flowers and such. And a friend of mine just asked me if I want to do some hot couture with her. And 
I would absolutely love to be part of that project. So I'm I'm gonna phase in and out of different platforms of artistry. Like a real artist, that's probably <laughs> like that's probably one. better. That's real. That, that I think that's better. I I think the best artists are the ones who. I mean, you talked about you you were in love with music as a young as a young child. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, did you write that blurb that I read just now? Uh, I wrote it. Yes, I actually wrote it. So you're a you're a fine writer as well. Thank you. Here you Thank are you. editing, shooting, um, directing, composing this docu series. People don't even know where to start, you know. And you didn't let <laughs> you didn't let the education or the knowledge or the experience stop you. You had the resolve yeah. to tell this story, and I think that's what artists do. You know, uh, you form things out of metal. Like I've never even fucking heard of that. Like that's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start with that, you know? So I think if you're on my website right now, you go into my gallery. You can definitely look at all my different art platforms. I do. I'm, I'm a painter. I'm a sculptress. I do digital work. And now I do film. I also do a bunch of little things that really getting into. Um, but since, you know, COVID-19, everything just shut down. So I had to be creative. There is film. And that's what happened. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. Your, your, your website. It's pretty cool. Um, how? Thank you. And I'm building a website simultaneously, so it works out. <laughs> That's amazing. What, what, where do you see yourself? Like, you know, do you see yourself living in New York forever? Like, where do you want your career to go? I have no idea. I, I, I barely see, you know, a career. I only see just new crafts and new, new talents and new ways to express myself and. You know, I, I'm a rel you know, I'm relatable. People and I also have the same ideas. We like design, we like art, we like culture, we like these things. So I think that when I look back on my work and if I'm satisfied, I know people will be satisfied and so far that that's been very true in my case. Um, hmm. besides doing this documentary series, people have seen my seen clips of my documentary and thus hired me to do certain videos, promo videos for their restaurants or catering businesses, um, or, you know, small startups and such. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I kind of want to keep moving. I want to, I want to flow. I want to, I want to fall into the tangent lifestyle where I'm just going to figure it out along the way and live at my means. Just, just be a true artist. I don't struggle. I mean, if I, I'm not a starving artist at all. I, I just, I move with the tide because I understand that's, that's what you need here in New York City. You can't do the same thing. It's mundane. Wow. I've never heard this perspective before. It's, <laughs> I really never have. Um, really? It's, it's incredible. Like you, um, what I love, you know, just looking at your website, like, and I don't mean, I don't want this to sound sleazy whatsoever, but like you're the product do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking I, at. I kind of understand. Like it's I I, I, I I so I'm a filmmaker by trade. That's what I do, and I put in the twenty thousand hours in that, for better or worse, you know. And for fifteen years, I've been, you know, chop. You know, like with this, I'm the I'm this guy in town square, who has this big sword who's trying to cut this boulder in half, and everybody thinks you're crazy until the boulder gets cut in half, and it took. It took 40,000 swings at this boulder to cut it in half, right? And, and I feel like I'm still doing that to this day. But, I'm, but it's, the, it's the work that's the product. And like Knives, Monroe, the human, I try, I have a podcast, blah, blah, blah. But like I try to kind of just be in the shadows. I like pulling the strings. But when I go to Vettel.nyc, there's the creative director, the visual artist, the curator, the collaborator, the copywriter, now the filmmaker. You know, we didn't even talk <laughs> about the metal stuff that you do. And it's like, I look at this website and I'm like, she's the product. She's the movie, you know, like that's, that's like amazing. Like, you know, you, you're just older than me just by a year. And, and it's interesting because I don't know if you ever get existential, but I see these <laughs> kids, these artists that are like on TikTok, for example, 17, oh, 18, goodness. 19 years old. And yeah. what, I, what I love about them, and I'm a little envious, but I'm, I'm happy for them because I wouldn't have it mm -hmm. any other way. It's these kids that are, that have like, maybe this is just a product of youth, but um, they, they, 
they have the self-esteem to just make stuff and not be precious about it. And as mm-hmm. a filmmaker, we're, we're almost too precious about like the shot, the composition, the blah, blah, blah. And I just never, when I was growing up, I never even knew it was an option to, to go, to take the path that you took, you know, like <laughs> this, this kind of go with the flow, sort of like the artist for the people and all that. I like all this. Like, I think it's really cool. I've never really seen a creator truly live eat sleep and breathe that kind of lifestyle how did you how did you form this like it was it kind of you know is it just the culmination of a lot of great and lucky decisions um what kind of magic are you tapping into (laughs) you want to know where the fountain of youth is well (laughs) teach me yeah could, could you? <laughs> when we get off, when we get off the air, I'll definitely give you my okay. Fair enough. But no, to be honest, like I, like you, you had humble beginnings. I heard you say it, and I'm sure your listeners know very well that you came from very humble beginnings. And, and so did I. I. We didn't grow up, you know, with a white picket fence. I slept on one mattress in a two bedroom apartment with me and my siblings, all of us, five people on a king size mattress that maybe my parents picked up fresh off someone's lawn that were going to throw it away. So I didn't grow up, you know, having these opportunities. And growing up in Southeast Texas, you know, and I love, you know, I love Texas, you know, shout out Texas. And I I love it, but gosh, I just, I didn't feel that, that energy, the, the sense to work, but yes, it worked, but I guess like to create, to innovate everything there is so simple. And, and I think that, that's, that kind of simple lifestyle and who I am as a person, as a young, as a young child, young daughter and sister living in Southeast Texas with all these, yeah, I lived under a conservative roof. So I had expectations and, you know, I, I try to play the game. I, you know, I got married young and divorced not that far later, but um, I think what it was is just, God, I, I knew there was something else and I don't, I can't even like tap into it really. I just want, I wanted, I wanted something else always. I needed that change and nothing in Texas changed. And I, that was the beginning. I needed change. I went to the military, nothing but change, 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 change. And I was, I said, you know what? Uh, I'm tired of this kind of change. Let me do a different change. Move to New York where everything's changing, 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 changing myself. Every artistry that I have, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? I, I'm just never moving. I've, I'm always moving. I never stop. I can't quit. I keep going. And I think that's my been, that's been my saving grace. I've kept going. All my downfalls. I've been broke. I've been sleeping in my car for three weeks. I've, you know, I've been, oh my God, the deepest low. I can't even explain. Just even coming from the military, transitioning mentally and, you know, career-wise also and trying to, like the military, I wasn't happy. I was on auto, you know, an autopilot. And when I came here and I still needed that drive, that change. And I said, you know what, let me just, let me just keep trying anything. And honestly, I, I've, I met this one incredible person here. I met him actually, I met him in Miami, Florida on New Year's Eve, the first year I moved to New York city, a friend of mine from Houston said, meet me in Miami. And I was sad. I was depressed. I was a lonosaurus. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Miami and see my best friend. So went to Miami. On the flight back, I was dancing to some music in the airport with my headphones. Someone tapped me on the shoulder. And this this incredible friend of mine. And to this day, he honestly saved my life. He's an artist. He's an art director and curator here in New York City. Um, he's bicultural. He's from between here and L.A. And he took me to an open mic night, mic night, and I've never, I never have done this before in my life. I, I've never expressed myself. In the military tell you to shut up, you mm-hmm, know, conservative mm-hmm. household. They tell you to shut up. Being a woman living in conservative world and you know below the Bible Belt, they tell you to shut up. In yeah. my entire life, I've been, I've been shut up. And this is the first time someone said, "So, whatever you want." He threw me up on the stage, signed my name up for open mic night, threw me up there. And God, he saved my life that night. Like, he recorded me. He sent it to me once in a while. And he's like, do you know who you are? This is who you are. This is what you're made to do. And that was, I, I had that constant reminder. So 
I I just keep going and just keep going. Don't stop. And if someone tells something tells you to stop, then just stop that. Do something else. You know, if you do it, if you don't want to do it anymore, then just don't do it. Yeah. What I love about first of all, I'm gonna chop that up, and that needs to be its own thing. Like that that needs to oh, be its own podcast. I'm oh, gonna, he's wonderful. And I'm gonna My do that. Wonderful. Because that's amazing. Um, and I feel like there are my whole, my, one of my passions in life is trying to find like the gems when you meet with people and if you pay attention that they, that they pass along the way or that they drop along the way. And mm-hmm. I have like notebooks upon notebooks of just like everything that I've collected from masters and, and people that I look up to. And what you just said was incredible. And I really want to highlight that. What's interesting to me is, you know, you live in a very liberal city, like one of the most liberal cities on the planet. And so there's always this talk of privilege. And so what I love, and it's it's something that we need to keep talking about, even when things are difficult, is if you don't like what you're doing, try something else. And some people could be very jaded or cynical and say, well, that's a privilege, you know, if you yeah. if you can try something else, well, wouldn't that be nice? Well, aren't you lucky? <laughs> well, good for you, right? Like you kind of get this sort of jaded feedback. But I just want people to know that the person that's saying that slept in her car for three weeks, right? Has slept on a, a, a mattress and all these things and has like made it work for herself in the toughest city on earth for five years. And I can... I can tell by your website, I can tell by the trailer of perspectives that you don't just wake up one day, this kind of fluid artist type person, like you put in the deposits every single day. And I can, I can hear that in your voice and I can see that. And I can tell if you don't like something, you're going to move on to something else. Like that is the formula for success and by success i mean a happy fulfilled life when you look back when you're 90 years old on the rocking chair and you say yeah man i did that i made a movie about covid19 in new york city the epicenter of the planet and i made a movie about that and it's gonna live forever it's gonna outlive us all that's truly incredible you know and so i'm proud of you man like that's that's tough shit i I watched the trailer while you were talking it's so artsy and pretty and beautiful what camera did you film it with um, well, I now, it does not look like an I iPhone to me. Say again? It does not look like it was made on a phone to me. I thought I heard you say that. Uh, <laughs> at the beginning, the very first couple of um, episodes are going to launch, um, which are Castillo and Abar. Great subjects. They're both so different and dynamic, too. But those two were filmed on multiple iPhones. So I had two iPhones, and I also had this vintage camera set up. It was amazing. Um uh, that was the first couple episodes, but after that, I got a, I splurged. I was like, you know what, COVID nineteen ha- is happening. The, the economy shut down. I'm the little guy here. I'm not paying rent, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me just use my rent to buy an amazing camera. So I got a Sony AR seven two. It was the best choice, honestly, and uh, for me and what I was doing. So I I took that and I started, you know, making these films and. Uh, using that and I got amazing feedback and I was able to use that for work. So I pretty much got my money back for what I spent on it anyways. And I and eventually paid my rent. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. And I love that camera too. It takes great stills and really good, beautiful video as well. So that, that's amazing. This, this looks so artsy. How did, how do you, how do you make a documentary by yourself? Like, are you like an army of one or do you have some people helping you? I'm absolutely an army of one. I was just me, myself, and I. And I'd rather keep it that way, to be honest. Why is that? Um, well, I have the eye. And so far, every anything that I've created, not anything, not everything, but some amazing pieces I really put my, my, my all into has gotten amazing feedback. And... It's that I really want to have my own direction and and create this as naturally as possible. I didn't want many people 
in one subject because that's intimidating and you wouldn't get that raw conversation. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look this person in the eye, this person to look at me and give me a real solid conversation about anything they wanted. I, you know, it would just would have messed up the entire process. You know, I saw it when I watched the trailer and you sang it, you, you, you have the eye, you, you do have the eye. Were you born with that? Um, an astigmatism, yeah, but my my other eye is really good, so I think that's what it is. God damn it! You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when Orson yes, Welles. I, I do have the eye. I have Orson the eye. Even says, when I was, I'm a I'm a sharpshooter. You know, I yeah. I was gunner in the military. Oh, I have the eye. You have the eye. See, that's what I'm talking about. Orson Welles says that 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 movies is like it's. Uh, Poetry is the, what does he say? That cinema is the eye of the poet or some pretentious shit like that that I believe in. But you have it, man. Not a lot of people have it. Like, I, I, I don't have it. Like, I'm just a guy that clicks upload at the end of the day, whether if it's fucking good or not. And I just... I mean, put, you're I, creating a platform, and I think that's of that's the utmost importance. You're doing something bigger than yourself right now. It's not about you. Like you said, you yeah. want to be you know, creeping in the shadows, yeah. tales from the crypt, and you're just popping up once in a while when you can't scream. But after that, you're creating a platform for people where yeah. they can come and talk about like what I'm doing and talk about this amazing project that I, I literally, at, at the end of finishing every episode, I cry because it's like my child. I just like gave birth <laughs> to, That's a, the best to a film, to a documentary. <laughs> How many episodes do we have to look forward to? Seven. There are seven episodes. How long are they? Less than ten minutes. Wow, that you know, you put it all together. That's a feature film, Veto. Is it? It's a feature film. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you're I, you're schooling me. You know it more than me. No, no. I uh, I play dries. I would, if I were you, put it together <laughs> as one presentation and submit it to stuff and show it around. And you know, if you change one person's life just from that presentation, I would I would say it's worth it. You know. Um, yeah. I, well, I, then whenever I get to that point, when I'm finished and I launch the episodes, I really want to launch them separately because of course I, I want to retain attention. But when I'm finished, I, maybe we could sit down and talk about that because I like I told you, like this is the first time I'm doing anything like this. And although I do have avenues, it's always great. You know, we're making these connections now and and networking this way. And I think it's for someone who's been doing it for a long time. I would really like to learn. Now I've done it my own way and creating my own style too i suppose yeah if that's okay and i could see that too style is just being yourself on purpose right a lot of people try to be <laughs> yeah. like other people and that's not really a style but i could tell that you're just being you and and the style <laughs> emerges i can see it as far as the coronavirus covid19 in new york city living there right now has it gotten better like do you feel like things are back to normal i mean what is what is what does normal even mean and what does it look like and What's the what's the timing in your life? Like how how much how much longer are you gonna get? Are you gonna give it? Like what are we waiting for? Give me the <laughs> I <feel> answers. Like, <laughs> I believe we're, at this time, what are we? The end of July. The end of July. Everything's open. There's instead of it's so funny. I live like I say. I live in East Harlem. I live one sixteen in Park, and that's not known to be. The, the the prettiest of places, right? It's wonderful. It's culturally sound. It's gorgeous. You walk outside and there's people banging congas on the street and just dancing in the street. And it's amazing. It's so full of flavor. But you see these restaurants where a little more a little more gentrified because New York City is going through gentrification. A um, mm. little more gentrified restaurants, Italian spots are starting to do this outdoor seating, and it's just it's just so awkward. It's this. this Streets are loud. The ambulances are going, and you have this outdoor seating with this expensive-looking platters and stuff, and homeless people and rats, and it's just oh my god! It's they're trying, <laughs> you know. Bless their bless New York's heart. It's trying, but for the most part, everything's open. It's the old normal, but with masks. That's good, man. I I, I you know, so I got two little kids. I got a fourteen-year-old who's going to be fifteen in November, and I got a six-year-old. Oof. So I have a kid going into first grade and a kid going into freshman year. And I, I it's, you know, and I also live, you know, um, my mother-in-law lives with us, which is great. Like, that's a privilege in a way. You know, we're, mm-hmm. able, we're able to 
hook her up and she can, you know, have a cool life. And at the same time, you know, she's a little older, right? So I feel, I feel like for her, I have to do the responsible thing and not let the kids just go back. But right now what's going on in Texas is, you know, is this conflict of do the kids go back or are they virtual? And right now I don't feel comfortable with how white hot everything is over here, down here with them going yeah. back to school, which sucks, man. Cause I want them to experience other humans. And, and if it was up to me, I'd be like, tough it out, you know, just go tough it out. But I have uh, an older, you know, uh, woman living with us. And so I want to be protective of her. If something happened, I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to live Mindful. with myself. Yeah, absolutely. So I wish things could go a little bit, a little more back to normal down here, but motherfuckers don't want to wear masks. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that shit is yes. real. Um, have you... Well, I don't understand that. That's something I don't yeah. understand. Even my own parents. Really? Why should I wear a mask? You're breathing in your own germs. I'm like, Mom, just wear the mask. Wear the mask. It's not... They're not putting you in shackles and sending you somewhere else to go be a slave for 200 years. Literally wear the mask. Yep. Yeah, what's the big fucking deal? Oh my gosh, it, it's so aggravating. Maybe they had better... Maybe I should just order them some really nice masks so they feel a little bit better about wearing them. Speaking of your parents, since you brought them up, um, and while we're winding down here, um, you have, you're the youngest of five siblings. Like, how do you communicate yeah. and keep up with all of them? How do you do that? And where are they? Like, do you all live different, you know, are some of them still stationed in different countries or something? Like, where do you, how do you guys communicate? Well, we're all out of the military at this point. Um, my, all, my sisters and brothers and my mom and dad, they all live in Texas, and I have a sister in Pennsylvania, but, you know, in, like, the Amish town, six. But, you know, to be honest, um, I have that family. We're just, we're all military. We're all used to having our own lives and doing, being away from each other, and we've, we just, we're just away from each other. Of course, we don't wish any ill will, but I think at this point in my life and what my family is very comfortable with, we say to ourselves and you know, don't ask too many questions. And I've already, and I've also created um, a lifestyle where I am pretty much, I, I have the small circle of people here and small circle of people wherever I may be and the friends I've, I've gotten along the way. But I really like to keep it small, keep it short, keep, you know, keep the conversation short. If you need me, I got you. But otherwise, I, I got things to do. I've got, I've got legacies to create and I've got history to make. That that kind of sounds like there's some friction there, right? Well, there's, of course, I mean, there's friction, in, I think, in a lot of families that... Certainly in mine, to, for sure. You know, not only just families, because family is family, right? But also having someone leave, um, someone that also, like, someone who's just myself, who I'm very... I could be, you know, blunt, <laughs> and yeah. I could... And I live in a, like you said, I live in a liberal bubble, and these have also created ideas for me mm -hmm. that I that I've adopted and I'm very comfortable with although I'm not a liberal person I mean if you wouldn't get into government like I have an entire I mean I'm an, I'm an anarchist I, I I'm totally against I'm all about self-governance and totally against big government and actually any government whatsoever but at the same time you know that, that that that's a conflict with my family and you know, that's something that I've come to be like, you know what, we have differences, we don't have the same lifestyle, and honestly, I don't want to hear you thinking I'm out here partying, you know, and right. that, that they think that's what New York City is, just a big party, but I'm like working, I'm, I'm an adult, and I'm, I'm just trying to do something great, and they support me in their ways, and I think that's, that's good for us, that's the kind of family we're good at. Well, you said your father was a musician. Um, yeah. Are there any other artists in your family? No, not really. My mother, she would draw here and there, pick up the guitar here and there. But, you know, she was our mother. She was the mother of five children and doing her best. And we were we came from humble beginnings. So she had to work and pick up, you know, over time. And it was just really hard for her. My mom's a go-getter, definitely where I get this from. Mm -hmm. She she hits the ground running. She makes it happen. If, if you say you need something, she'll she'll take care of it. And that's the way she is. But unfortunately she's like the cliche mom, mom, do you need help with anything? No, I don't. And then no, no one helps me with anything around here. <laughs> where do you, you seem like the type of person, I don't want to speak for you and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we're, sure. we've, we've been talking for about an hour now. You seem like the type of person that 
you do what you want. You do it for art for art's sake. It's for the people, all of that. Mm-hmm. Where do you, and I, and I want to be, I want to put a caveat on how I ask this question because I don't want to frame it like, I look, I'll put it to you this way. Like I'm a needy person. Like I've learned that about myself as I've grown up. Like I didn't get yeah. attention or love or acceptance or anything growing up. Like I, I essentially raised myself, you know, I cooked my own food. I walked to school and I hung out with my mom sometimes, you know, but it was essentially that kind of thing. And so it bred this environment. Of course I was going to be an artist because I had to speak loud. I had to, I had something to prove. I had that chip on my shoulder and all that. And so I, I, I was a wanderer and I was seeking like, I don't know, I, I, validation. Like my first, my first movie, it was kind of like a fuck you guys. I told you so you see y'all doubted me. It was that kind of machismo <laughs> masculinity shit. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. so I don't want to project that onto you. Everybody brings a different, uh, a, a different um, perspective, no pun intended, to why they make stuff. <laughs> but do you do you seek validation? You know, how do you scratch that itch? And if you do or you don't, I'm curious about that. And if you do, you know, what does validation look like for you today? Huh, I wonder if I. I don't think I seek any validation. Um... I knew, from anybody. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were too cool. You weren't as needy as me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm definitely not needy whatsoever. I, I'm so comfortable. I'm so in love with myself. I'm so comfortable in my body, my skin. I'm liberated. I'm a liberated person. I, and it's, I, I don't even call myself a woman, although I, I am a woman. <laughs> I'm a person, like I'm a human being. And oh God, it's, it's because I've been down in the dumps. Like I'm telling you, I have been low. I was depressed. I have PTSD, disability, I, I multiple uh, medications, you know, just slumped on the couch or screaming, crying in panic attacks, uh, anxiety attacks, um, just, gosh, like, it, I was so embarrassingly low. And I think because I felt that low and I've been to that, that place, you know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners really understand that place when I mean it, when you're at that place and you wake up from it, that snap, I realized that, and I, I'm saying this just, you know, as a cliche, like nothing, nothing matters. But what I mean by that is like anything I do is it's, it doesn't matter. It just, it doesn't just do it because even if it works, if it doesn't work, no matter what, like it, it's it's not going to kill you. It's not going to get you there to that point. I'll never be at that point again. I'll, I'm never going to be there again. And I think that's what I'm seeking. I'm not, I'm not even seeking anything. I'm just living at my fullest potential because I've been to that place. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, that might have been something I I brought along as with my childhood. Just you know, just do it. Be there. Be the change. Do something bigger than yourself. But once you know. It, when I turned 30 and I'm 33 now and I was at that place and I was on my kitchen floor surrounded by pills, it was just, it was unmistakably the most intense um, learning experience of my life. And now I see every opportunity as so, like, as so, what is that, like mediocre. Like I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to make this film. I'm supposed to make these crowns. I'm supposed to do this art. I'm supposed to listen to people. And if I, if I'm not doing it, then I mean, what else am I going to do? I, everything I do is, is going to be mediocre compared to ending it all, you know? So I'm just going to live to my best potential. I feel well said, first of all, a lot of, especially military folk, I mean, you don't have to go, I mean, anybody that's gone through PTSD, whether if that was, you know, Mm-hmm. Some sort of vehicular mm-hmm. accident, or you know, someone who was sexually assaulted, wherever it comes from, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. being attacked by a shark, surfing, whatever, wherever anybody get their gets their car pe- accidents, uh, airplane crashes, anything, you name it, things can quite traumatic. Of course, situation. Um, you know, not a lot of people get to make it out, like you said. You know, not, no, not a lot of people don't. get to. You called it that snap, you know. Yeah. Um, I we, we we all probably know someone who who hasn't had that snap moment yet. And if they're yeah. if they're listening, there's probably nothing that can be said that hasn't already been said that they haven't already heard, mm. but just from your experience, like 
what, 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 if, if for some reason a life event happens and you're, you're on your kitchen floor again, surrounded by pills, how do you snap out of it? It, I don't even know what it was. I, they were, they were on my tongue. They were ready to go. It was ready. It was happening. It was happening. I was there. I got there. What do you mean? What what do you mean? What are you talking about? I was about to just end it all. I I was ready. I was ready to go. The pills were on my tongue. Like I had, I had a concoction, a cocktail of all the pills the VA gave me. And I just remember just, just crouching down on the floor on my, on my tile kitchen floor. And I have this tiny apartment in New York city. You know, you can only imagine, but I'm on this, the tile floor of my, my kitchen crouched down and I'm just in my mind. I'm just like, so you really want to do this is it. You go, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. This is who you are. This is what you're going to do. And I had every reason just to do it. I had every excuse around the world. Like I don't want to live. I feel bad for myself. No one loves me. I'm such a burden to people. Like I had all that. I had all those conversations with myself. And then I just, what it was, was like, I don't need anybody. Like, I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. None of this matters. Like, nothing should impact me this much to bring me to this level. And I just had that conversation with myself right then. I was scraping the pills off my tongue, rushing to the shower, and just started just reborn. Just reborn. And from there, like, I became liberated. I stopped wearing makeup. I stopped, you know, trying to style myself in certain ways to to make put a mask on and pretend that I'm okay and that I'm the stylish girl that socialite coming up and uh, I just like what this is not what it's about it's not what it's about like when you when you see that when you see that you see that darkness and then you wake up to that light I don't even know it's it's literally flipping the switch before something you know breaks that can't be fixed yeah bars (laughs) yeah um Okay, so I'm going to ask you a few questions as we're, as we're winding out. Um, but first, I want to ask something selfishly. So I'm going to put you sure. on the spot. You better give me something fucking good. Just kidding. Haven't, uh, I, haven't I been? <laughs> it's just been jewels. <laughs> I, can, I can't even carry all these jewels. But um, oh, so cool. I, I, from my experience, just from the artists that I've encountered, they're their own worst enemy. They're neuroses or their baggage, whatever it is, well, what, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, whether an artist or maybe it's, you know, excuses or money or you name it, or it's always some excuse. But I have found from my own experience that most of the time, and not just for artists, humans, I always feel like it's a self-esteem issue. If there was a genuine pill that just, you know, gives people self-esteem, so many people would genuinely take it. Some people think that, you know, this makeup is going to be that or this um, new Apple whatever or some sort of product, right, is going to be the the placebo, the pill that's going to give people the self-esteem and help them get over whatever it is that's holding them back. How you know, asking you for advice for the artists out there, uh, the content creators, the hungry creatives, the struggling artists out there who have self-esteem issues, how, how, what would you say from your experience, you know, how can we help them like themselves? I think so many people make art to feel good about themselves, you know, that maybe they didn't Mm -hmm. have a system to pat them on the back or something. And so they're trying to feel good about themselves. What would be your advice where do people start? Hmm, that's a great question. I, uh, I think something I've adopted was less is more, and I started realizing that you know, just just getting there, getting to the point, um, speaking, you know, to the point. To even during these, this interview process, I noticed people are like trying to over-explain themselves oh, I feel this way because of this and this and that because of this and that and that because of that. You know, they, they couldn't ever get to it. Well, I want to say couldn't ever. but Give me an example. Was, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what well, you mean. Okay, so so um, I'll just talk about just really quick. Um, I don't know, something I know well, opening a window. So 
I'm going to put my hand on the windowsill because this is where you're supposed to open the window and you can open the window like this. It was a lot of that. <laughs> it's the same, the same thing, but trying to elongate it to maybe even sound pretentious or sound educated or, or sound um, as if you know what the heck you're talking about, which is a very normal trait. We over-explain ourselves. And I think that whenever you mm. can cut it short, mm. keep it tight, you mm-hmm. can get to that point. People believe you. People take you seriously. Mm. Um, you got to strive for that. You have to be taken seriously by the people around you. And if you can't be, yes, shorten that circle up. You got to make that thing smaller. Do what's within your control. Uh, keep it tight. Get to that point. And also, like, if you can explain it to a five-year-old, then you really understand it. Mm-hmm. So I try to think about that whenever I talk to anybody, whether it be a potential client or an interview uh, or even this. I, I just want to get there, to get to the point. Even I'll, I'll find myself falling into that because and because and. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, see, and, and that's only because that's how we were, we were taught to just explain ourselves or we're trying so hard, and I can say this, like as a, and I don't want to just keep saying this, but as a, a, a human woman, like a human person, um, but a woman trying to get your voice in, uh, trying to keep my foot in, trying to not just be another girl that showed up. I'm like I'm a woman. I'm here. You will respect me. Um, if you don't, then I'm out. My reaction is what. Uh, negative and I react in a negative way, they're not going to take me seriously. But if I act in a positive way, someone or even myself will take myself, take it seriously in, you know, my work. But I think just less is more. Get to the point or maybe if you're doing a little bit, something a little too extravagant or doing something for too long, hmm. you know, you know, cut it out, do something else, maybe switch up the game, surprise somebody. It doesn't got to be everybody. Surprise somebody. Find those connections, but make sure that, you know, you keep it, you keep it very, very close, very quiet. Don't even put yourself out there. Like, just yet. When you're comfortable, when you get there in your mind, you'll know exactly how to act. You'll know exactly what to say. Um, if you know a subject very well, just how about you just talk to people about it for a while. You'll find those people that, that are, are, are up to your speed and, one of my mentors, well, my mentor, he always tells me it's when you're around the people, when you're in the place where you need to be, you'll be around the people you need to be around. Yeah. And that, that was so powerful. And it's so true. I am so glad I listened to him and make sure you're not just, and this is another thing my mentor says, make sure you're not just talking to people. Like the analogy goes, people are a bucket, yeah. bucket with holes or a bucket that has no holes. Make sure you're not filling your water into a bucket with holes. There it is. That's huge. That's really huge. Man, I'm walking away definitely a different person than than I was when we first started. Oh, that's so great to hear. And I mean it. I'm going to ask you a few corny questions. And and then um, I want you to tell the audience where they can find you on the internet, how they can support the cause, and how they can stay tuned to perspectives and how they can be up to date every time you drop an episode. Um, but let's ask just a few corny questions before we are on our way out. And, uh, just thank you so much for giving me a few hours of your time, man. And, um, it just means a lot. Let me ask you, um, what is your favorite word? (laughs) Let me say it. You know, honestly, the word frisky, <laughs> what, it's what? just a fun word to say, and I got this from a movie. It was that movie? I don't even know. You know that? Who's that guy? Probably like in the eighties and nineties. He was in that. He was in a bunch of like silly films. He had that white, just platinum white hair, and he was in that movie Airplane. Um, oh yeah. Um, he's the father of um. The, the guy from The Big Lebowski. Now I'm forgetting his name. I think this is him, but he was in a movie and mm-hmm. he he was like high on LSD. Someone slipped him LSD and he's like, this is that old dad that's like uncool and he's like just super sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife is getting super annoyed and he's like, I like the word frisky. I'm just going to say frisky. <laughs> and then since then it just sucks. So every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's a fun word. 
That's beautiful. What's your least favorite word? Um, ignorant. I hate the word ignorant. It is dehumanizing. Like, who are you? What is this elitist idea that you you, you created for yourself? Just call anybody ignorant. And I know my business partner. You're gonna get mad at this because she says it all the time because that's her that's her mo. But um, shout out to you, girl. I love you. But at the same time, it just it's such a dehumanizing word, and I think it should just be erased from our our our, our vocabulary. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or immers- emotionally? A clean apartment. <laughs> I can't do anything unless my apartment's clean. What turns you off? Well, I guess a messy apartment, but also bo. What's your favorite <laughs> curse word? Uh, <laughs> I never really had a favorite, but um, I think it would be if I had one. Um, it's not even a curse word. I just call well, it'd be like fucking, but I say you fucking mook. <laughs> 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 so it's not a curse word, but I mean it in a way to be cursing. <laughs> I heard it. I heard you definitely meant it. It sounded. It hurt. <laughs> You're a fucking mook. It's so great when you do it with like a New York. I love accents, so I try to do a bunch of different accents. But yo, you fucking mook. What you look fucking looking at, huh? Like, <laughs> you dumb. You looking dumb. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Oh, I squeal. I squeal. <laughs> do I love? I I love the sound of an acoustic guitar in a in a very tight bathroom the acoustics are amazing but i personally i love it when i squeal like when i laugh and i do that <laughs> it's super weird but it's something that i've always had <laughs> what what sound or noise do you hate um sirens and i'm in the city full of them what profession other than your own would you like to attempt I would love to be an astrophysicist. I went to school for that actually for a while, and then I switched to Earth and Environmental because it was the hot, <laughs> it was the hot thing on on topic. Hmm. What profession would you like to not do? Oh gosh, I would never be a psychologist. <laughs> Same. <laughs> this is super corny, but just humor me because I know you're an anarchist. But yeah. if. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I would like to, I would like, you know, if we're going to get like real for a second, if if you don't mind. Please. I would really like to know why, why, why childhood leukemia, famine, genocide. Come on. You can't be the fault of man all the time. You did something. Why would you do that? Why? Explain to me. So can, can, we, do, not, can if, we do a role play? If you play? don't, then I'm out, I'm out to hell. Just send me down. Like, I'm not being here. I'm not going to play these games. Can we do a role play? Sure. <laughs> okay, so I'm God. And go hey ahead God. and come at me with some salt. Go ahead. Are you serious, bro? Like, I was childhood leukemia, human trafficking and things like what people really go through, cancers. Come on. You're, you're, you're sending you're sending people you read your book if you read your books the bible that people wrote about you or you wrote or whoever wrote you read that you've killed millions of people how many did the devil kill like 10 like what are you doing like your numbers are whack the fuck did i do <laughs> what did you do you I, know what you I, did I, I sent, you see I, everything <laughs> i sent my son down there and what did you guys do you fucking killed them <laughs> fuck y'all i didn't do that shit I okay, didn't do my that. next question would be that wasn't my, me. My next question, <laughs> my next question to God would honestly be, like dinosaurs. What was up with that? <laughs> Where did that happen? Why did you? What was going on with that? I just think t- triceratops <laughs> are dope. <laughs> but why did you kill them off? Like we even been chilling on some That dinosaurs. wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. I snapped my fingers in an asteroid. I didn't do that. You didn't do that. Then who did it? I'm supposed the other to. God? I'm supposed to block all the shots. I'm yes. not, that's not, You no. made the shots, to be honest. You know, I had to snap my fingers. <laughs> Vettel, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so happy that we did this. And I got to say, man, people fucking missed out on the stream and it didn't work. And I want to do this again when all the episodes are out and we can talk about the entire thing. I want to talk about it. And, and we got to do this again, and we're going to do it on a live stream, and it's going to be perfect, I promise you. It's a shame. People missed out. They would have had so much fun. Oh, yeah. This was a good one. This is fun. I think we had some good conversations back and forth. 
So that's great. I'm so happy that you did this too. And thank you so much for creating this platform because this is so important for artists like me and other artists out there. And I know like you and JR had, uh, had some great conversations before and I've, every single time you posted about it, I've, I've gone ahead and listened. I've listened to your other stuff. And to be honest, you got that voice. You got a good podcast voice. And I, I think it's great. I think you should keep doing this. And thank you so much. Yes, uh, ma'am. I will. I will. Just because you said so, I was going to stop. But you know what? <laughs> Shit. Good. I can, we can work with each other in the future. We're going to. It's going to happen. I'm going to go to New York. Or if you're ever in Austin, hit me up, man. We'll, we'll, we'll make it count. We're going to do something. It's going to be good. Everybody, go to Vettel.nyc and check her out. I, I, I implore everybody to, to stay tuned for her docuseries. When does the first episode come out? And where can people find it? It would be, okay, it would have been March, August 16th, sorry, August 16th was going to be the first episode, but like I told you um, before, I have been out for a few, for a few days doing, right. you know, taking mm-hmm. care of some things, and mm-hmm. I, I, I just got set back, so right now it's going to be in August, but I don't know if it's the middle of the week or the, the last week, I just have to make sure, you know, I'm an artist, I'm a perfectionist, I'm premium, and so therefore I got to make sure I put out premium work. Yo, I'm premium, I'm fucking premium, <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to start telling people that, man. Words are powerful. You know, if you tell people you ain't yeah. shit, then you're going to feel like shit, right? But if yeah, you tell people cool. you premium, people are going to start quality. treating you like you're fucking quality for sure. So Quality, that's it. Veto, I learned so much. Thank you. Uh, this is going to be up in like 20 minutes. And so feel free to share it and all that. Everybody, please, veto.nyc forward slash perspectives. Be on the lookout. It's coming in a few weeks. It's coming in a few weeks in, in August, so please check it out. Subscribe to her YouTube. Follow her on all the things. Information's in the show notes. Thank you guys so much. Keep a force filled around your heart. I love you guys. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks, Phil. Never ever believe anything you hear. And believe only half of what you see. And always, 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 forever and ever and ever, put a force field around your heart.